0: I was a bit of a religion nerd as a kid, he says from the pulpit. <laughs> One of the things that I loved most to do was to go to the library, raid the religion section, and sit there for hours on end, reading about the different traditions of the world. And the passion that I had for learning about people's traditions and stories how they lived, what they believed, and why, gave me great insight into how religion shapes the way that people view and interact with both themselves and with the world at large. Having spent so much of my youth within Christian fundamentalism, it was those traditions and stories that shaped my own understanding for much of my life. Within that tradition, there is an incredible focus on what followers would consider proper living. While most would say that nobody could be perfect, there's a verse in Matthew where Jesus is quoted as saying, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And more often than not, that verse was thrown at people like a little judgment grenade. Uh, whenever they dared to step out of line. Jesus was the standard, and we were meant to be like him. And when your standard is a man that many people believe to be God, that makes perfectionism a way of life. The problem was that I wasn't very good at being perfect. And I had this image of Jesus in my head as meek and mild contemplative, always very appropriate, walking around detached, a little blissed out, smiling, but also sort of humorless. And basically, that is the exact opposite of anything that would be used to describe me. Uh, So I remember so many times trying to be that calm, collected, perfect person, and as many times feeling like I was a failure for my inability to do so. Frustration and sadness and fear plagued me because I couldn't be the person that I was supposed to be. And that isn't even accounting for being a gay youth in that tradition, and that would require a much longer sermon. Eventually, I found the strength to leave that tradition behind But while I had let go of the cause of the perfectionism, the effects still lingered. There was a consistent need to be the best, to do things the right way in all aspects of life, not just in religion. If I was going to be a liberal, then I was going to be the best dang liberal there is. I had to be the perfect representation of a gay man, the perfect convert to Judaism, the perfect whatever it was. Anything else, I considered a personal failure. Another problem was that I wasn't very good at being perfect in those ways either. So it left me feeling powerless. And constantly failing to reach this ideal vision of perfection created within me a very harsh inner voice. And that voice would never forget to remind me of the ways that I had been unsuccessful. The ways in which I didn't live up to my potential. The things that I could have done better. This voice told me that I could never be good enough at my career, in a relationship, in my religious practice, at anything. And as I look back on it, I realize this perfectionist mentality caused me not only to be harsh to myself, but to be harsh in my judgment towards others as well. There I was, trying to be the vision of perfection in every aspect of my life, and then these jerks come along, just being them imperfect selves. And they even had the gall to be content and happy with who they were. Imperfections and all, it's crazy. And not only that, but those folks tended to take more risks and to be more creative and to be more successful. It didn't make any sense. Many years had to pass for me to realize the toxicity of the pursuit of perfection. It was incredibly freeing to realize that I didn't have to try to be anyone other than myself. That who I am is good. That it's enough. And in realizing that, I discovered something about perfectionism. It is like a poison that seeps into every aspect of life. From the perception of self, to individual relationships, To entire communities because in that quest for perfection we consciously or not end up placing value on people by how well they live up to our vision of what perfection is and how they can get us to our goals ignoring their inherent worth and dignity as fellow human beings we turn them into objects and servants This in and of itself is heartbreaking. But equally as terrible is that we miss the lessons that those people could teach us because they're not from the right town or not from the right socioeconomic background or religious tradition or culture or, God forbid, political party. Their dress or speech or behavior... Or ideas don't fit into how we think is best, and so we miss an opportunity to have our own ways challenged and perhaps a better way to interact, or live, or love. And it is especially dangerous to community. Because perfectionism is a killer of community. It makes people afraid to be who they really are, to say what they really think. It leads to a room that is full of strangers who know people's masks but couldn't recognize their faces. People living in a cage of their own creation, desperately in need of love and support, And community, but trapped by the desire to appear like everything is perfectly in control. Afraid of the judgment they would be, they would receive if found to be flawed or to put it another way, to be human. It leads to harshness and unkindness because what we refuse to accept about ourselves, we also refuse to accept in others. And no community can thrive under those circumstances, at least not for very long. I had the opportunity to sit down in a meeting for Open Table a little over a week ago. At one point, Janine Calabria, the executive director, was discussing the wonderful community created by the attendees. She told how they look out for each other, support each other, ask about each other's struggles call to check in on each other. And then she said something that really stuck with me. She said, it is a powerful thing to be known. It was a beautiful testimony not only to the power of community, but also to a major source of that power. Being known. Having a group of people who really know you your strengths, your weaknesses, your victories, your struggles. It is indeed a powerful thing to be known. If we are running after perfection, though, or even just its appearance, then being known and knowing can never be a reality because that takes openness and honesty. And the open, honest truth is that none of us are perfect. None of our kids, or pets, or homes, or towns, or marriages, or jobs, or ideas, or opinions, or religious traditions, or political parties are perfect. None of our lives are perfect. Never have been, never will be. Everyone in this room has experienced broken dreams, broken hearts, and loss fear, and feelings of inadequacy, and the need for love and support and community. We need to be able to root out our fear of imperfection because it is our imperfections that makes us wonderfully, beautifully, and frustratingly human. Or to put a positive spin on it, we need to embrace our imperfections embrace vulnerability, embrace change and taking risks and trying new things. Doing so will lead to the blossoming of creativity, true friendship, beautiful relationships, and a flourishing community. Because that should be our goal in this place. Now, educational opportunities are important, And putting our heads and our hands together to create a just world is vital. And supporting organizations doing good work in our communities is a beautiful thing. But all of those things can be done in any number of places. There are a million opportunities to learn or to work for justice or to give financial support through political and non-profit organizations. So we do all of those things, but we are also meant to be more. So what is it that makes this place different? For me, the key lies in the name given to the room in which we find ourselves. Where are we? The sanctuary. We are meant to be a sanctuary, a refuge from the incessant need to be perfect from shallow relationships from a world that is too often harsh and unforgiving and unkind not in order to not in order to seclude ourselves from the world but to give us the strength to face it to be a place of healing for the wounds that we have received so that we can bring that healing to others. To grow in spirit and justice and love in order to confront a world that is in desperate need of all of those. Let us become a community so absolutely alive that all who encounter us come alive as well. Let us be a place where we're so ourselves unabashed and unafraid and imperfected that those others will feel inspired to embrace who they are as well. May we treat each other with kindness and compassion, openness and vulnerability. May we remember what we learned from Rabbi Zussia today. And strive to always, always be our authentic, imperfect selves. Let it be so. Amen.